RT8K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The chief executive is to hold a virtual meeting with Guangdong officials aimed at deepening collaboration. Vice Premier Han Zheng urges Hong Kong to develop its professional services sector to help the country's Belt and Road strategy. And a government pandemic advisor calls on schools to work harder at boosting vaccination rates among students. Chief Executive John Lee says he'll hold a virtual meeting with officials from Guangdong province and the cities of Guangzhou and Shenzhen tomorrow to discuss topics relating to deeper collaboration, including cross-border exchanges between people. He said Hong Kong must strive to stay connected with the mainland and the rest of the world, but at the same time make sure people considered high risk are protected against COVID-19. But he stopped short of saying whether or not there will be any decisions on quarantine-free travel between Hong Kong and the mainland. This virtual meeting will also talk about our connection with the mainland. Of course, during our discussion, we will weigh out different options. To avoid confusion, I think it's not appropriate to disclose details at this stage, but we will actively consider any options. Vice Premier Han Zheng says the central government hopes Hong Kong will continue to develop its professional services sector to facilitate the country's Belt and Road strategy. Speaking at a Belt and Road summit, he also quoted President Xi Jinping as saying Beijing unswervingly supports the one country, two systems principle. Mr Han said he hoped the SAR will continue to be a window for the mainland and the rest of the world's cultural exchanges. He said the central government supports Hong Kong's common law system and urges the city to boost its own competitiveness by continuing to provide legal, shipping and financial support for the Belt and Road Initiative. Government pandemic adviser Lao Yulung has called on schools to work harder at boosting the COVID vaccination rate among students. He was commenting after the Education Bureau said secondary schools that wish to resume full-day classes from November must ensure at least 90% of students are triple-jabbed. Speaking on a Metro radio programme, Professor Lao says slightly more than half of all secondary school pupils have received their third jab. As long as we work harder and schools promote vaccinations, such as by directly asking students why they do not get vaccinated, whether there are any problems or even inviting doctors to explain, and also having principals and teachers work harder in urging pupils to get jabbed, it's not difficult to reach an inoculation rate of 80 to 90 percent. A school principal says it won't be easy for secondary schools to maintain full-day in-person classes when the new vaccine rule takes effect in two months' time. Right now, schools can hold full-day classes if 90% of the student population has had two COVID jabs. But from November, that increases to three. Dion Chen, the chairman of the Hong Kong Direct Subsidy Scheme Schools Council, says between 260 and 300 schools have applied for full-day class resumption when the new term starts this week. But he says younger students need only two vaccine doses and must wait 150 days between their second and third jabs when they turn 12. He told Ben Che that schools that cannot meet the 90% threshold by November will need to return to half-day classes. I think like at the beginning, especially like in the first few days of the new school year, and uh, the school we still do not have the... Uh, and also all the data of uh, free doses vaccination from students. So uh, certainly it will cause some 
uh, time for the school to collect this data in the first week or first two weeks of the new school year. And currently, what is the COVID vaccination rate uh, like at the moment for secondary schools? Well, as far as I know, it's quite high for two doses. Uh, as per the government data, almost 260-something to 300 schools, they have applied for the full-day school resumption on 1st of September. So uh, I believe that the vaccination rate for the second doses, I mean, with three doses in secondary school is quite high. The DAB party says its members are visiting five ASEAN countries early next month to promote Hong Kong. The party said 11 of its members, most of them legislators, will be split into three groups and visit Indonesia, Vietnam, Thailand and Malaysia, as well as Singapore. The members will meet with commerce chambers and representatives of different sectors to explain Hong Kong's strengths, as well as clarify any misunderstandings they may have about the territory. Here's DAB member and lawmaker Kennedy Wong, who's taking part in the Indonesia trip. From my organizing part of the Indonesian trip, uh, there's a lot of interest from my friends and also business community in Indonesia to learn really about the true uh, situation in Hong Kong. Because, you know, unfortunately, you know, the international media has not probably reported the whole situation, in particular what really happened in 2019 and uh, what Hong Kong's government, uh, as well as different sectors, are, you know, working to um, push us to the next level. A hotel operator says the halving of quarantine to three nights for inbound travellers has caused a tremendous reduction in its business of up to 50%. Director of Operations at Overlo Hotels, Mail Vastine, says there are also fewer travellers as summer ends and school begins. The group operates four hotels, two of which are set aside for quarantine and arri- quarantining arrivals, while the other two have mainly long-stay guests. Yesterday, the Health Bureau said four quarantine hotels had opted out of the scheme. Mr Vastine told RTHK the limited flights coming to Hong Kong was affecting the hotel trade. Reduction of quarantine uh, nights from seven to three has uh, tremendously impacted our business and sometimes by up to 50%. And uh, with limited flights coming into Hong Kong, it's uh, almost impossible to replace the lost business as a leisure traveller would prefer to other destinations with, uh, with no quarantine at all. So it's really tough, and uh, operating quarantine business is not an easy task, but uh, we have this mission to provide uh, accommodation and bring back people into Hong Kong. So we, we stay positive and help bringing back as many people and businesses into the city. Turning overseas, Mikhail Gorbachev, the last leader of the Soviet Union, has died at the age of 91. He'd been battling a serious and long illness. Mr Gorbachev was in office from 1985 to 1991. His policy of glasnost, or openness, allowed people to criticise the government in a way which had been previously unthinkable. He also worked to improve relations with the United States. He signed deals with President Ronald Reagan to cut the number of nuclear weapons. But with nationalist sentiment being unleashed by Mr Gorbachev's glasnost reforms, Reagan laid down a challenge to his Soviet counterpart to pull down the Berlin Wall, which divided the German city physically and ideologically. General Secretary Gorbachev, if you seek peace, if you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and Eastern Europe, if you seek liberalization, come here to this gate. Mr Gorbachev, 
Open this gate. Tear down this wall. President Biden has said he was sickened by recent attacks on the FBI and the surge of threats against the agency after it raided the Florida home of his predecessor, Donald Trump. Right-wing critics lashed out at the bureau after agents searched Mr. Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort. Speaking at the beginning of a tour of Pennsylvania ahead of November's congressional elections, Mr. Biden said he would not cut funding to either the FBI or the police. Now it's sickening to see the new attacks on the FBI threatening the life of law enforcement agents and their families for simply carrying out the law and doing their job. Look, I want to say it as clear as I can. There's no place in this country, no place, for endangering the lives of law enforcement. No place. Russia is shutting down gas supplies from a major pipeline to Europe for the next three days. Moscow has already significantly reduced the amount of gas it supplies through Nord Stream 1, which comes into the continent via Germany. The BBC's Jenny Hill reports from Berlin. Vladimir Putin's spokesman said that the latest three-day shutdown of the Nord Stream 1 pipeline was to allow for maintenance. He blamed Western sanctions against Russia, which he claimed prevented normal repair work. Few in Europe's capitals believe him. Europe's become accustomed to an unreliable supply. Russia has already significantly cut the amount of gas it delivers through Nord Stream. Like several other countries, Germany, which until recently relied heavily on Russian gas, has found alternative sources and is filling its reserves ahead of the cooler months. A BBC investigation has revealed that Shamima Begum, who fled Britain and joined the Islamic State group in 2015, was smuggled into Syria by a Canadian intelligence agent. Ms Begum, who's currently living in a Syrian detention camp, is challenging the removal of her British citizenship, arguing that she was a victim of human trafficking. The BBC's Josh Baker has more details. Mohammed al-Rashid met Shamima Begum and the two school friends she was travelling with at Istanbul's main bus station in 2015. The BBC has obtained a dossier which shows that he was gathering information on those he helped. A senior intelligence officer has confirmed to the BBC that Rashid was providing information to Canadian intelligence while people smuggling. The Canadian Secret Intelligence Service said it did not confirm or deny the specifics of its activities. A British government spokesperson said, It has our long-standing policy that we do not comment on operational intelligence or security matters. NASA says it will try again on Saturday to launch its new moon rocket, the Space Launch System. Monday's attempt was cancelled because of last-minute technical problems. The uncrewed flight is the first step in the Artemis program, which aims to return humans to the moon in 2025. The BBC's Rebecca Morell reports. Engineers at NASA have been poring over data from Monday's cancelled launch attempt. A problem with an engine and a valve halted the countdown. But now the team say they'll carry out some repair work at the launch pad and they're confident the problems can be fixed in time for another try at launching on Saturday. They'll have a two-hour window to blast off from the Kennedy Space Centre. Although as well as dealing with technical issues, they'll also have to contend with Florida's stormy weather. But if it works, the rocket will release a spacecraft called Orion, which will go into orbit around the moon. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 19,896. That's 52 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $55 billion. 
shift. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 138.5 yen. The euro is standing at one US dollar. And the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 16 cents. To sports and at the US Open tennis, defending champion Emma Raducanu of Britain has been sent crashing out in the first round, losing in straight sets to France's Alice Cornet. Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina is also out. She was beaten in straight sets by Clara Burrell in the first round. Venus Williams also made an early exit. She lost 6-1-7-6 to Alison van Oitvank of Belgium. On the ice, the US women's hockey team got their revenge on Canada. The Americans came from behind to beat their longtime rivals 5-2 in the World Championship final in Copenhagen. The US scored five unanswered goals after the Canadians had taken an early lead. The win ended their five-game losing streak to Canada, who defeated the Americans 3-2 in the gold medal match at the Beijing Olympics. To football and in the English Premier League, Southampton came from behind to beat Chelsea 2-1 at St Mary's. There was also victory for Fulham, as the BBC's Paul Serres rounds up the results. Southampton picked up a big win over Chelsea at St Mary's. The England forward Raheem Sterling had given the Blues the lead the midway through the first half, but goals from Romeo Lavia and Adam Armstrong gave the Saints a 2-1 win. A late goal from the DR Congo international, Johan Visser rescued a point for Brentford away at Crystal Palace in a London derby. The Ivory Coast forward Wilfried Zaha had given the Eagles the lead on the hour mark before Visser's equaliser two minutes from time. The Serbian international striker Alexander Mitrovic scored his fifth Premier League goal of the season as Fulham beat Brighton 2-1 at Craven Cottage, inflicting Graham Potter's side's first defeat of the campaign. And Everton are still looking for their first English Premier League win of the season. The Toffees took the lead against Leeds United at Ellen Road on Tuesday evening, but a second-half strike from Luis Sinistera salvaged the point for Jesse Marsh's side. The former Bournemouth manager Harry Redknapp says Scott Parker's comments about the club might have led to his sacking. Parker lost his job as manager of Bournemouth following Saturday's 9-0 thrashing at the hands of Liverpool. After the game, Parker said his club was ill-equipped for Premier League football. Redknapp believes his words got him fired. I'll be honest, what Scott was saying, I would definitely would have said a few years ago myself. But when I look at it now, when I saw him coming out with the comments, I'm thinking, Scott, I don't know if that's a clever thing to do. Because I could see you're going to upset the people that pay the wages and have put their money in the club and whatever. You put them under a little bit of pressure. To the weather forecast, a few showers and isolated squally thunderstorms. Those showers will be heavier in some areas. It'll be hot with sunny intervals this afternoon, but mainly cloudy tonight. The outlook, sunny intervals with a few showers and thunderstorms in the next few days. Currently 30 degrees Celsius, humidity at 80%. And please be advised, the thunderstorm warning is currently in force. News and weather, RTHK.
Afternoon and welcome to the One Two Three Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Wednesday afternoon. It's the thirty-first of August of uh, today's date. Two more One Two Three shows. No, three more if you include today. Sad to say goodbye, but don't worry. You can tune into my brand new program, Brunch with Noreen, at nine thirties every. Monday to Friday, so we'll be excited to bring you that. Anyway, many thanks once again to Todd Harding for the one, two, three show yesterday. Cheers to Phil for the morning brew today. Cruzy McCalligan can't join us for today's uh, audio column, but instead we'll be playing some awesome brand new tracks uh, from the UK and US charts. But before all of that, we'll be talking about the role of technology in language learning. And